unofficial start of summer. Let's have a cookout. You know, I have already had some cookouts. We it, that was a spring cookout. Oh, okay. You had a summer yeah, cookout. A su- <laughs> yeah. You know the, the word. Oh, hi everyone. Welcome to the Twenty Three Podcast. Uh, are you going to give your name this week? Michael's here with Father Herb. Hello, everybody. This is Father Herb. I've been thinking to myself, and I think we say this probably most years when summer comes along. You know, that's an interesting expression. I've been th- thinking to yourself. How can you be thinking to somebody else? Well, right now I'm sharing my thoughts with you. Oh, that's different. That's true. But I was thinking, hey, self. Hey, <laughs> hey you. Well, what I was thinking. To yourself. To myself. Was that I, I just really want to soak in summer. You know, summer always goes by fast. Just, you know, we say it about Lent or we say it about Advent or, you know, anything in maybe the spiritual world. But in the secular seasonal world, I just want to soak in summer. Summer does go way too fast. It goes too fast for me. And like many people, I take a summer vacation. Yeah. And many times I think if I'm gone, then I've missed summer. The, the, well, like that summer is happening back at home? Yeah. And you're not part well, of... I'll, I'll give an example. about It was before COVID, so maybe about three or four years ago. Judy and Vern and I went to the country of Ecuador. I remember. For about two weeks in July. Yeah. No, late June, because we were there uh, for the summer solstice. Mm-hmm. Or down there, the winter solstice, because it was just south of the equator. That, that's great. Oh, so you really didn't miss out on summer. We missed summer. Uh, but but the reality is, being so close to the equator, yeah. the days are short. Lightwise, yeah, lightwise. Yeah, uh, they are pretty much the same year round. Are they? Is it e- is equal light it, and darkness? Yes. Okay. So and, it's not more dark than it is light. No. But what I savor so much during the summer around here is the oh, lo- yeah. long days. Yes. I like the early morning uh, when it gets daylight oh, it's quite won- early. Wonderful. And right I now. love the evenings that go on and on. Yeah. And so when I got back, I felt like well, it was a great trip. I enjoyed Ecuador. It's a yeah. beautiful country to visit. But I did not like the fact that I missed a couple of weeks of real summer. Well, I feel like you've ruined me a little bit because you're the one that always likes to talk about oh, the days are already getting shorter again at the end of June. I usually say that on uh, June 22nd. <laughs> yeah, but and now, and now here we are already less than a month ago. We only have a little a few weeks left of the days getting longer. They're still getting longer. So savor them. We're, we are savoring them. Savoring them. Have you ever been to Alaska? Of course, I know the answer. <laughs> Is this just time to point out all the places you've been? That no, I no, 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 no. Oh. But we're talking about long days. Yeah, I was there around the uh, well, actually, the beginning of July, mm-hmm. a number of years ago, and it really was daylight till about twelve thirty a.m. Oh my gosh! And it got a little dark, and by two thirty a.m., it was getting light again for the next day. Wow! So yeah, one one night. Uh, I was at visiting somebody. We, there was somebody we knew, and we left their house at about eleven thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. And kids, kids were still riding bicycles out on the streets at eleven thirty p.m. That's great. I remember uh, one of my family members. You know, us being on the western end of the time zone, they are always amazed when they're here, like around the Fourth of July, how you know it, we can still see light on the horizon sometimes. Oh, because close they're to, they're in the same time zone, but on the on the eastern east, end of it. Easter, yeah. east coast. Um, so you can see light on the horizon here on a clear night, you know, till 10, 20, 10, 30 sometimes. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Okay. So this weekend, 
we are departing from the Easter schedule to bring you the good news of the ascension of the Lord. Which is really the 40th day after Easter. So the day this podcast comes out would traditionally would be, be... Ascension Thursday. Yes, but... For about 25 years now, maybe even more, the Catholic Church in the United States has moved the the Holy Day, the Ascension Thursday, to the subsequent Sunday. Now, just two two quick things. Lots of lots of people don't know this, but Holy Days are established by bishops of different countries. Mm-hmm. So the oh, certainly many many countries have the very same Holy Days, but not necessarily the complete list of Holy Days. Okay, and that was that's going on gone on for centuries. So that's not new. The second thing is moving a Holy Day observance from a weekday to a Sunday has also been done by other countries before the United States did it. Okay. I remember, again, I'm not trying to be a, a name dropper, but I was in Mexico one time yeah. over the Feast of Ascension Thursday, and I thought, well, we did celebrate Mass, but then on the following Sunday when I was with the, the local parish, they were celebrating Ascension Thursday, uh, Ascension Sunday that day. Yeah. So they had already made the change before we did. Just to, Just out of curiosity... Would you, if you wanted to have an Ascension Thursday Mass, would you be able, like, if you wanted to just offer the Thursday morning Mass for with the Ascension readings, could you? I guess I could, but the truth is, you're you're recommended to use the readings of the day. It's called the the Thursday of the, the sixth, sixth week of sixth Easter. week of Easter. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. I don't know how much freedom you get. Uh, there is some freedom, <laughs> some flexibility, and some feast days more than others. Yeah. All right. This is great. Well, either way, we're celebrating it this weekend on Sunday. And we have a wonderful, wonderful reading. And guess what? What? It is not from John. We're back to Luke. Remember, this is the year of Luke. Uh, there's a three-year cycle, A, B, C, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Mm-hmm. And then people always ask about John. Well, we've been reading John. So John gets inserted into all three years. Yeah. But uh, for this, we're going to go to pretty much the end of the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 24. And I'm going to let you read the first paragraph, which is the long one this week. And I will read the short one. Then he led them out is where I will read that part. Are you ready, sir? Are you up to it? Oh, I'm very up to it. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples... Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now the the image that most of us have from the actual uh, account of the ascension comes from Acts of the Apostles. Which you do get to hear this weekend. Yeah, and we'll, I'm just going to read a little bit of it really quickly so people can... By the way, Acts of the Apostles was also written by Luke. Mm-hmm. So Luke wrote the gospel 
of gospel according to Luke, right. and then he wrote the sequel, the Acts of the Apostles. And re- remember, too, we have been reading from Acts for the last several weeks during the first reading, but this week, when we read from Acts, we're going to the very, very, very beginning. Chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 11. So, 1111. Got it. Uh, you you have won. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just reading the end. So, it talks about Jesus going telling them you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem through throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky, he was go- as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, men of Galilee, why are you standing, standing there looking at the sky? Jesus, the, this Jesus... I'm sorry. This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will return in the same way as you have seen him going into heaven. That's the beginning of Acts of the Apostles. Mm -hmm. But when you read this after reading the end of Luke's gospel, so uh, you can see that it's the same writer, and it's basically the same account, but it's uh, fleshed out a little bit more in the sequel. Well, in Acts, it's very... Very visual. It yeah. f- it's almost feels like a story is being retold, is unfolding before you. In the gospel, it feels a little more abstract. Now, here at John the 23rd, and I think I'm the one who started this probably 17 years ago. I don't know. We used this Sunday also every other year as a time to commission the men and women who are going to be the lectors at the parish through the next two years. And we do it every two years. So those lectors who proclaim the scripture, the first reading and the second reading every Sunday mm-hmm. are, are going to be commissioned at the various masses, whichever mass they attend. Mm-hmm. But the reason I do that is because when Jesus says, go out to all the nations and proclaim the good news. Mm-hmm. And so being a lector, that's, you are about proclaiming. Sure, You're not just a reader. You don't go up there and read. You proclaim. Sure. And anybody who's a lector and has gone through my, my workshop knows. I say, you're not a reader. You're a proclaimer. We should give them T-shirts. I'm a proclaimer. I'm a proclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're pro who? <laughs> yeah. the, uh, you know, last week we talked quite a bit about you know, the power of words uh, as we were going through the, that reading. Uh, but I, th- you know, I think sometimes we try to do our best to help people feel prepared, whether it's through this podcast or, you know, sending out the readings ahead of time before uh, we were just talking about that a couple of weeks ago at connection point with the people that were joining the parish about like preparing to hear the word of God at mass and knowing what's coming ahead of time can be so helpful. Um, But it, it never fails that it's, it's so easy to get distracted sometimes, right. And tune out or if you come to church, and I feel like right now I'm preaching to the, the choir. Uh, if you come to church without having already given it some thought, without having some notion of what the feast is or the readings, it's just going to be very hard to get into it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very hard. You might do okay. So the reader or the proclaimer yeah. is important, but they can't make it or break it themselves. Right. Um, so... I don't know that I would ever go to a mass um, 
even when I'm on vacation, without having checked out the readings beforehand. Sure. In fact, I do. And there are so many apps these days. You can get all the readings um, on your phone with the, a million different, well, a million is a slight exaggeration. But many options. Many options. And uh, my favorite, and I'm saying this to everybody out there, go to USCCB, that's the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, usccb.org. Mm-hmm. And on the, the first page, you'll see uh, daily readings. You mm-hmm. click on that, and it will show you the reading of the day. But if you, and you can look at other readings too. You can go forward, you can go backward, you can look at readings. But at the very bottom, it says, would you like to have the readings sent to you on your personal device daily? I'm looking at it right now. And you click on, you know, yes, I want it sent to my personal device. You give your email address mm-hmm. and it will be there every morning when you get up. Right in your inbox. Yes. But if you want to look ahead a few days, just go back to USCCB and check out, you know, their their little listing there and you can always get the readings. Sure. And the nice thing about that too is it keeps you tuned into the rhythm of the liturgical year. Oh yeah. You know, whether we're going through the Easter season or or any of the other liturgical seasons. Or it's also a good way to read maybe parts of the Bible. You know, let's be honest, during ordinary times, some of those first readings during weekday mass are some of the more obscure readings that you don't always get to hear. Or or maybe the better way to say that is you get to read some of the books of the Old Testament in a very methodical fashion. If, if you read every day's readings, because we have two cycles, there's the, the cycle for the Sunday Masses, and that's a three-year cycle. We have a cycle for the weekday Masses, and that's a two-year cycle, but mm-hmm. there's a lot more weekdays. So if you go to Mass every day, or at least read the readings every day, in a two years of the, the weekday cycle, you have pretty much read the Bible. Yeah, There are some sections probably skipped over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some things from Leviticus on how to, how to kill a lamb or something that they might, might not in, uh, include in the daily readings. The how to kill a lamb, like a how-to guide? Well, yeah, I mean, how you're going to make a sacrifice. I'm going to have to take that with me on my next hiking trip, just in case I come across a uh, beast. A lamb. A li- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think I could kill anything. <laughs> Maybe no, no. a fly. That's yeah. about it. That's why you're a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, back to our gospel reading, because we kind of skipped from it when we went to Acts. What, why do you think, we kind of talked about them being connected, but why is this an important gospel reading as we're celebrating the Ascension? It's the handoff. I remember one time I was preaching on ascension and i got a baton i'm not talking about a majorette baton but like a, a, a track a track yeah, yeah. A, a relay race baton uh-huh. and i don't know if you ever have noticed this if you have run track did you run track <laughs> i run track so i'm but, sorry silly question oh my goodness if you are in a relay the person you are handing the baton to yeah Let's say I'm the first runner. Mm-hmm. The second runner has already started. Sure. Right before I get there. And I do the handoff ahead of me mm-hmm. and not behind me. Mm-hmm. So they are running fast and I have to run a little bit faster. Yeah. And they put their hand out behind themselves to receive it. Mm-hmm. And I have to put the baton into their hand. But there's motion the entire time. There's motion the whole, entire time. And it's not uncommon that people drop a baton. 
And it happened in the Olympics. Uh, maybe this past Olympics, maybe it was the time before, the U.S. team, which was considered one of the medalists to be, yeah. failed because they dropped the baton. I remember, I remember that story. Did, did, you, did you run down the aisle during your homily and pass the baton to somebody? That would have been a great way to exemplify it. That would have been great, but no, I did not. I would have liked just to see the vestments flowing while you run. <laughs> I, I did run track in high school, and I ran relay. I, you did run track? Yeah, oh. I mean, just intramural. Well, track is track. Track is track. I'm trying to think, what song, we could do that. What's that? It's in every, like, 90s sitcom or movie that when somebody's running in slow motion, it's the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Oh, oh no, you, no, you've got to get the, the one from um, uh, Chariots of Fire. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I don't know. I don't uh, know if I know what, that one. Uh, Chariots of Fire, it was a, you know the movie? Yeah. It was about Olympics. Yeah. And... Uh, Vangelis or what? What's his name? Uh, you you do one of his pieces. Oh yes, yeah. yes, I know. Okay, yes. Yeah, he he wrote the piece. Really? Oh, we'll look at. I'll look it up after the podcast because yeah. if I play it right now, people won't be able to hear it on the on the recording. So that is true. I'm sure I know it. I just don't know. It. Did I no. say Did I say the name correctly? Chariots of Fire. No, the the the, the writer. I've never pronounced his name because I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But you you it's pr- V A N G E L. Yeah, Vangelis. I S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one who wrote it. It's not. I I would have said <laughs> this. I shouldn't talk while we're recording because it just makes me not look smart. But I would have said Vangelis. No. Oh my! You did not live in the seventies. <laughs> no, I did. I didn't. <laughs> I I was born in. In fact, in a homily recently, you said it was the summer of nineteen eighty five, and I whispered to the person next to me. I said that's the summer I was born. Well, just the last Sunday, I, I I said it was 1983. Yeah, when when Pope John Paul II gave his famous address about the new evangelization. Sure. Which, by the way, I probably it fit that homily, I think, but I could have saved it for this one because this is about the evangelization. Sure. You know, people, everybody hears this. You know, go out to all the nations of the world, uh, preach the gospel, and how many times people are going to say, uh, they'll quote from Saint Francis. Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Uh, yeah. By the way, Francis is not the one who originally said that. No? Everybody attributes it to St. Francis. Sure. I don't know who said it. <laughs> that was going to be my question. But I, but I have read that it's not Francis. It wasn't him. Well, and that's a nice sentiment. I mean, no offense to whoever said it, but sometimes people need to hear the words. Well, I've learned in the 21st century the thing that's lacking in Catholicism and maybe in other churches Mm -hmm. is not that we don't practice the faith. A lot of people do better than others, but we haven't learned how to articulate the faith. Mm -hmm. And by, when I say articulate, I mean to talk about what motivates us. And we don't, we're afraid of being preachy. And I understand we're afraid, afraid of coming off holier than thou. But what we have to be able to do and be willing to do is in conversations, when there's an actual honest dialogue, be able to say what motivates us, what guides us, what's our guiding light, why do we live the way we live? I would say on the other end of the spectrum, though, too, we've become so accustomed to people being on their soapbox behind a screen, right? It's the the pulpit of their thumbs where they get to speak whatever they want to say. And I think, you know, everybody having an opinion online is, I don't think healthy for 
Right. I, I I often say everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but that doesn't mean I have to listen to it. Right. However, there is something to be said about having close personal connections with people and witnessing how faith has moved in your life and sharing that with well, other people. But I'm saying it's not just that other people need to hear it, but you need to learn how to say it. It's good for us. If I have to try to say, yeah, this is the core of my belief. This is why I, I live my faith. This is why I see it's a value to actually not only belong to a church, but to be an active part of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, if you find a way to say that, even if you're saying it to yourself, it awakens something within you. Yeah, It goes from the, the unconscious or the semi-unconscious to an active, conscious, intentional part of my being. I think for a lot of people, that begins to happen a bit when you have children because it finally makes you realize, oh, I need to share this with my children because it's something that's important to me. And maybe I, I was never able to articulate that in a real way before. And I've, I can't answer that because I don't have children uh, except for 5,000 in the parish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that little girl at Connection Point last week where she raised her, she was with like three tops and she raised her hand and she said, I love God and I love Jesus. Yes. Isn't and that I, beautiful? And I said, I do too. Do you want to be friends? And she said, yes. And then I found out later that she doesn't like chocolate. So I told her we can't be friends anymore. Oh, she doesn't like chocolate. I know. I was in it with, with God and Jesus, but the chocolate, <laughs> I drew the line at chocolate. <laughs> or the lack of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, uh, go tell somebody that you love God and Jesus today. And, I, and offer them some chocolate.